Let me pray for us as we open the word. Father, when we come to your word, we need your help. We cannot just read words on this page and be changed by it because uh, we are broken, we are sinful, and your word is a holy word. And the Holy Spirit within us can make it alive to us, transform us by it. So we're just asking that you do that now, that you would open our eyes to see wonderful things out of your word, that you would open our hearts to receive what you would have for us this morning. Would you teach us and, and allow all else that is unuseful to just fall away? We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I invite you to turn in, in Romans chapter 16 to this last chapter, which is an incredible chapter that rounds out this book, finishing in all of these greetings of all of these different people that when you just read through it, you think, I don't know most of these names, and I'm not sure who they were, but that was a nice letter. But this, the, the two people we're going to look at today, last week we looked at Phoebe, the introduction to this last section. Uh, Phoebe was the one who uh, it, it is thought that she was the one who delivered the letter of Romans to the church. Uh, she had a great, incredible task given to her. But here, we're going to look today at two other people, a couple, that are mentioned here together. Uh, Romans 16, beginning at verse 3, says this, Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. I'll just end it there. So these two, this couple, Prisca or Aquila. First, uh, this letter, interesting, arriving to church at Rome, it says, greet them. Uh, send my regards to them. Remind them I love them. Express my love to them. And it's interesting that it is Prisca and Aquila. So Prisca, depends on your Bible translation, I think uh, the NIV and maybe the King James used the word Priscilla because that's how her name was said in Acts. Here in Romans, uh, it is using the Latin uh, version of her name, just Prisca instead of Priscilla. This is the same Priscilla and Aquila that we read of in five other occasions in the scripture. A, a lot of these names in Romans chapter 16, we will not know. We won't know anything about them other than their name here in Romans 16, that they obviously were in Rome. But Priscilla and Aquila, we actually know a fair bit about. Also, these, these names in Romans chapter 16, we're going to discover that maybe Paul didn't know personally. He may have knew of certain people that he's greeting. He, he may have heard about so-and-so, and so he wants to commend them in what they're doing. But Paul knew uh, Prisca and Aquila. He knew them well. And we're going to discover that as I'll, I'll show you the other texts that refer to this couple in, in the Bible. But what's really interesting about uh, Prisca or Priscilla and Aquila is most often in the text, or even at this time, of writing or in the Bible when the first person mentioned is the most prominent. And Prisca, in most almost every occasion except two, is mentioned first when it's referring to this couple. So maybe she had a better socioeconomic status. Maybe she came from a better family than Aquila did. Or, or maybe she just was more the talker 
That's highly unlikely. It was more so that she and her husband, though a team, for some reason, she came first. They were fellow workers of Paul, he says here, in Christ Jesus. And what's interesting about the Prisca and Aquila is they were indeed fellow workers with Paul. Paul, if you know, was a tent maker by trade. So as he traveled on certain missionary journeys in order to not only raise funds for himself, to support himself financially, uh, he would build tents for people or even awnings for their houses. Uh, Also, Paul would build tents in order to get on the ground with the people. So he could get to know people over a little period of time. That he could work alongside people. Paul used his, his tent making not just as a source of income, but as a ministry opportunity. Well, we know uh, from Acts that Aquila and Priscilla were also tent makers. They're of the same trade. So here in Romans 16, when it says they're my fellow workers, he, he's not actually talking about them being tent makers with him. And we know that because he says, they are my fellow workers, excuse me, in Christ Jesus. So in the ministry, they serve Christ in the way that I serve Christ. They are missionaries along with me. Paul has an incredible relationship with Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, He meets this couple in Corinth, which is where Paul is writing this letter of Romans from on one of his journeys there. But he meets this couple there. Priscilla and Aquila had been kicked out of Rome because they were Jewish. It it says that in Acts chapter 18, it says this. uh, Acts Acts chapter 18, verses 1. says, After Paul had left Athens, he went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, um, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all Jews to leave Rome. And, And Paul went to see them. And because he was of the same trade, he was a tent maker as they were a tent maker. Because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For they were tent makers by trade. So Paul goes to Corinth. And from Christian hospitality, he ends up meeting this couple, Priscilla and Aquila. And they welcome him into their home. And he works with them. They work together as a team, as tent makers. But it's much greater than that. Beyond this initial meeting of them in Corinth and the relationship that developed there, Priscilla and Aquila did not just help Paul out for a moment or help him with his tent making skills. They joined him in the ministry. They joined him. They were willing to give up what they had in Corinth to travel even further with Paul. So when Paul left Corinth... He went to Ephesus. Acts chapter 18 tells us Priscilla and Aquila went with him. It says, after this, in Acts chapter 18, verses 18, after this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of his brothers and set sail for Syria. And with him, Priscilla and Aquila. And here's, here's a really cool connection point too. At Centria, he had his hair cut for he was under a vow. And then they came to Ephesus, and he left them there, but he himself went on to the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. So they're traveling to Ephesus. They stop in Centria. Does that ring a bell when you look at the first verse of Romans 16? I commend to you our sister Phoebe, 
a servant of the church at Centria. So, the, the letter is delivered by Phoebe, who's from Centria. Priscilla and Aquila are the very first people that are greeted. They would have known Phoebe from their time in Centria with Paul, where he went and got his hair cut. But it wasn't just probably just, a, oh, well, Centria is a nice spot to get your hair cut. It is a place where ministry can be served. Centria, he would have, because Paul, we know, already knew of Phoebe. And Priscilla and Aquila would have known Phoebe from Centria as well. But Paul says there in Acts 18, he, he left them at the church in, in Ephesus. So Priscilla and Aquila moved to Ephesus. They set down ground, roots again in order to serve ministry in a new place. It's incredible to think, just even on that level, you know, they meet Paul, they work for a number of years in Corinth. They were only in Corinth because they got kicked out of Rome uh, for being Jewish in heritage. So now they're in this place, Corinth, and doing work, but also serving their church. Paul meets them and he comes alongside them, begins working with them in, in the trade, but then they join him. They join him on his journey. They pack up whatever they had and they move to Ephesus to start there. Because obviously Paul had said, it's important for us to be there. It's necessary we are there because we are needed in Ephesus. So they travel and they meet Phoebe along the way. They land in Ephesus and Paul carries on. In, it's interesting in this uh, chapter in Romans because he says, uh, to greet them, they're my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. So we know they worked. Obviously, we see that. They traveled with him to serve in new places. So they were missionaries along with Paul. And then he says something really interesting about them, unique to them in this chapter. Look at verse 4. It says, Priscilla and Aquila, they risked their necks for my life. They, they risked themselves for my life. Like Paul said, if it wasn't for them, I might, maybe I wouldn't have lived. They put themselves on the line for me. They helped to preserve me. They helped to ensure that I was safe. We can only speculate about when this was, but it, it could have been uh, where we read about in Acts chapter 19 where, uh, where they were in uh, Ephesus, a riot broke out. A, a riot broke out because many of the people were um, leaving the, the god of, the, of, of Ephesus, that is Artemis. They were leaving Artemis and they were... Um, destroying the commerce industry. There was a huge industry in making little idols and trinkets and, and, and little gods that they could worship of Artemis. And, and so a riot began. The, the townsmen, the, the business people of Artemis who made money off of uh, Artemis threw a fit. And they wanted Paul in the middle of it. And it was, they dragged people to the city center to try to uh, make it make a mockery of them when, when they wanted to elevate Artemis instead. But these Christians were dragged into the city center and Paul wanted to get involved. But we read in Acts um, 18 that he was prevented by some brothers and sisters, by some disciples who were with him, prevented him from getting involved in the riot. That could have saved his life. And so perhaps that's what Paul's referring to when he says, they risked their necks for my life. Maybe they said, it was our fault instead. Punish us. Or maybe th because everyone knew where they lived in Ephesus, they got tortured or they got um, persecuted instead of Paul as he moved on. We're not sure 
what the exact uh, situation is where they risked their necks for his life. But think about that. Would you risk your neck for another Christian who you just met less than five years ago? Would you risk it all? Would you allow your house to be destroyed possibly? Your bank account to be emptied? Would you risk your life? for someone you want to serve alongside with in ministry. It is an incredible thing. And most of these people who risk their lives, we get this account of Priscilla and Aquila. But there's been so many Christians who have sacrificed so many things for so many years, for you and for me even. You think about that. How did the church end up in West Lorne? Someone sacrificed something. They moved from somewhere. They, they gave up time and energy and effort and money in order to come and plant a church, the West Lorne Baptist Church, here in 1876. They gave up something. They sacrificed. Do you know their name? They possibly risked their necks more so just put themselves at, at a loss for the sake of other people. That's happening all over the world. But even today in Afghanistan... There are Christians risking their necks for the sake of others. There were Christians who risked their necks in Nazi Germany for the sake of others. Others Christians, but, but Jews even. Christians are those who are marked by the risking of their own selves for the sake of others. And that only makes sense because of who our Savior is. Who is our Lord but the one who risked it all for his beloved. That was the way that God had designed for Christ to come, was for him to risk it all. And what's amazing about Christ is the Jews were after him again and again and again for his life. But of course, it was not God's time. But he constantly risked himself, putting himself in the public eye, in the public way where the Jews could come at any time. And Jesus even said that at one point, right? He said, like, I've been in the synagogue. I've been putting myself at risk. Like, you could have come and stoned me there. You could have come and killed me there and flogged me there. So Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he walked in to those places. He was putting himself at risk. And that's what the people of God have done ever since. Put themselves at risk for the sake of others. Risk is right when the purpose is right. Priscilla and Aquila risked themselves in some way for the sake of Paul. Paul mentions in 2 Corinthians when he's writing there, he says, we don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of our affliction that took place in Asia. He says, we were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even despaired life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death so that we would not trust ourselves, but we would trust God who raises the dead. Paul mentions to that church in Corinth that he says, we felt like death when we were in Asia. When, and, and that's the time when he was with Priscilla and Aquila. So what had happened? We're not sure, but what we know is they were uh, going through hardship for the sake of another person. They put themselves on the line again and again, and not just in their move, right? They moved from um, uh, Corinth to Ephesus. But then when they were there, they were serving Paul and serving others in many ways. So this is how they are presented to us in, in Scripture. 
as these who are missionaries along with Paul, those who had um, served alongside Paul. And he, that's why he calls them fellow workers. Greek Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. So they were in ministry together. In Acts chapter 18, it gives this incredible example of how Priscilla and Aquila worked in a ministry, worked to serve others. It's a beautiful story of this, uh, a Jew named Apollos in Acts chapter 18, beginning of verse 24. It says, now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and he taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but, listen here, when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him, and they sent him on. Anyway, so... This man named Apollos, he, it says that he was competent in the scriptures, but yet he didn't, uh, he kept preaching the baptism of John. So Priscilla and Aquila took him aside, gave him further instructions, pointed out to him what had taken place in Christ all the more. And it says they explained to him the way of God more accurately. They explained to him. Priscilla and Aquila, not just Aquila, Priscilla there saying, hey, go and talk to Apollos. They both, brothers and sisters in the Lord, sat together concerned for this man, not only his soul in growing in the Lord, but also those who he would be teaching. They took him aside. They didn't just accuse him in public, but instead they wanted to teach him. They wanted to walk with him. They wanted him to truly understand this is what it means to be a disciple of Christ, is one who wants to disciple others, one who wants to uh, encourage others in the Lord and in the teachings of the scriptures. So this was Priscilla and Aquila. They were gospel teachers through and through. But they were not just gospel teachers. They were church planters as well. In Corinth, when they were there, they had a church in their house. Because obviously back then there was not church buildings there where they would go to and gather. Instead, they would gather in someone's home who they could make enough space in. And so Priscilla and Aquila hosted it. They hosted a church in Corinth. We read it in 1 Corinthians 16, 19. It says, The churches in Asia send greetings to you. Priscilla and Aquila send greetings warmly in the Lord, along with the church that meets in their home. So in Corinth, they had a church in their house. And in Rome, they had a church in in their house as well. We read that here in verse 5. It says, greet also the church in their house. And in Ephesus, they also had a church in their house, where they returned again later, even after their time in Rome. Priscilla and Aquila were people who risked everything for gospel ministry. They, they had a blank check on their lives. They said, whatever, take our home. Make a mess of our home if it means welcoming in the people of God so that we can hear the teaching of the gospel. Let's make a mess of our home for that. Well, let's open up our home. We're not just going to keep it safe and secure. as our little fortress that we can kind of retreat to, but instead it's open to the church. 
Whatever we have is the churches. What do we have? It's amazing that they would allow the church to gather in their home. Now, would you be willing, if our building burnt down, for us to all cram in your living room next week? Would you be willing? Would you be willing to clear out your garage, even if it's got 50 years of stuff piled in it, so that we could meet in your garage? Would you be willing to sacrifice time and energy setting up your home to prepare to have all the church gather? And remember, the early church did not just gather for one day in the week. They didn't just gather for one short little hour service on a Sunday when it was convenient. Lots of these churches gathered day in and day out for hours on end. Imagine the inconvenience that would be in your home life. What about my nap time? What about my, my fridge? It's going to be empty. What about my toilet? It's going to be clogged. It doesn't matter when it's for the church. Priscilla and Aquila did not count those things as things to even consider. They would have said, whatever the cost, let the people of God be here and be served. Paul loved Priscilla and Aquila because they set an incredible example for the churches in Rome. I don't know if you realize that even when we read this, right? Greet the church that meets in their house. That, me that means there's other Christians who are hosting churches in their house as well. You know this letter to the church at Rome? I don't know if you thought that it was only one church. It wasn't. It was the church in Priscilla and Aquila's house and the church that met at the next guy's house and the church that met in the next house. It's the church that the people of God in Rome who gather in other local assemblies. This is the church, distinct, that meets in Priscilla and Aquila's home. There is a church there. And this letter ought to be read to them, and they ought to be greeted. But there's going to be another church as well, but they're uh, all the church at Rome. It's an incredible thing that they decided to put their... And that's the thing. Like, you think about it, these people are moving from here to there to there, and yet they're still willing to say, inconvenience me if it means the people get to hear more clearly the good news. If the people get to grow in their understanding of who God is, what he is like, and how he transforms us. Think about the sacrifices they made in order to serve the people of God. It's because they wanted the people beyond the church to know of the sacrifice that was what the people of God do. It's incredible to see the example that they set for us. A church in their house at Corinth, a church in their house at Rome, a church at their house in Ephesus. These were people who loved their church. And it wasn't just because they'd got to know the people and they were really friends with them, right? Because having moved so often, it would have been a brand new set of people in the next town. But then they said, come on in. You're welcome to our home. You are uh, needing to be served and we want to serve you here in our place with whatever we have. This was Priscilla and Aquila. Look at verse 4 again. It says, They risked their necks for my life. And Paul says, To them, not only I give thanks, so he gives thanks to, for them, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. They serve the ministry as Paul served to the, to the Gentile uh, churches, to the Gentile believers. They, like Paul, were of Jewish heritage, but they felt a call to see that the gospel would go to the nations. So they sacrificed, they picked up and went. 
They opened their homes and their lives. They opened their hearts to the Gentile people who were not like them, who were not originally a part of them, but yet they opened themselves completely and risked it all for the sake of gospel ministry wherever they were. I wonder what we risk. We're people who are very, very careful. We are very careful people. We've been taught that, you know, and I catch myself saying this all the time to my kids is be careful, be careful. We are careful. And I think sometimes we are too careful. We hold things too closely in our hands. We hold our stuff too tightly. We hold our hearts too close. I don't want my heart broken, so therefore I'm not going to preach the gospel to my family. I don't want to sever that relationship. I don't want it to be awkward. I don't want my heart broken, so I'm just going to avoid it. Risk is right. Risk a tarnished relationship. Risk a broken heart. Risk being made fun of. Risk your house getting pulverized. Risk is right when it's risk for God. That's what Priscilla and Aquila teach us. They risk their lives for Paul. And Paul was thankful for them, and the Gentiles were thankful for them as well. The churches of the Gentiles, all of them. I wonder if someone was writing this letter saying, greet you. What would they say? Could they say you risked things for them? You sacrificed for them or for the church or for the churches? Or that you risked for the lost? You were willing to pack up and move because you knew that there was no church in that area? So you were part of a church plant? Would this be part of your legacy as it was Priscilla and Aquila? Obviously not all of us are church planters. Not all of us are going to host a Bible study in our home. Not all of us are going to give all of our money away to missionaries. But we're all called to go into all the world and make disciples. So then we must ask individually, what has God called me to risk? What have I been holding on to tightly? What, what is it that I can put on the line, even if it might hurt? For the sake of others, brothers and sisters, but also for the sake of the lost. This was the heart of Priscilla and Aquila, and it was the heart of Christ. Is it your heart too? Let's pray. Father, we pray. We are so thankful for Priscilla and Aquila. We're so thankful that they traveled to these places to set up uh, churches, to allow for people to gather in their home, to hear your word, to praise you. We're thankful they were willing to give up comfort in one place to move to another. We're willing they risked their necks for another brother in Christ. Thank you for the example of them. Pray that we would be uh, following after the example as they follow after Christ. Would you help us in Christ's name? Amen.